The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. The opinions expressed in Nerds on the Left do not necessarily reflect those of the B&E Podcast Network or any affiliated podcast. Enjoy the show. on the left oh yeah so we totally like stole this from our husbands and kicked them to the curb and oh shit you kicked yours to the curb no i, I totally hogtied rodney and put him in the closet i, I did not get the hogtie memo oh, fuck. i feel I like thought that was the plan yeah like i feel like my husband's just out there mad at me and yours might be dead yeah yeah he's he's starting to smell there's there's a distinct odor um you know it, it could be either way he could be alive he could be dead he usually smells that way anyway so <laughs> So we're starting the podcast today, um, and we're hoping that the guys don't come in and bother us. Um, we're taking over because we saw a movie recently. We'll get into it later, but what what movie did we see, Mara? We saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So what else did you do this week? I, I worked and I went to school. Oh, hot damn. That sounds like a party. Heck yeah. <laughs> woo woo. <laughs> i remember those college days they were they were in bed by nine wake up early to study go wait, to work wait you you were in bed like you got sleep oh man no like that's the one thing like i know like i was really stressed out and i didn't hang out with a bunch of people like i didn't party a lot in college because i prioritized my sleep like that's the one thing i can't skip on like yeah. i have to have my fucking eight hours honestly i'm at my best when i get nine and that's no See, joke i'm like at my best when i get 12 <laughs> so that's never yeah so that's like my weekends as i sleep <laughs> like mike has told me that my spirit animal is a koala and because they sleep like 23 hours a day nice and i would believe it except for the fact that they eat a lot of leafy greens and i do not <laughs> um i like but, leafy greens <laughs> but you know it's i i just sleep all the time on the weekends and so, but it's like during the week, it's like, yeah, sure. I'll be up till two o'clock. And I gotta go I know. To work. You're always Facebook messaging me at like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then two days later, 645 in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck? What, it, what is her sleep schedule? What, it, what it is she doesn't doing? exist. It's just like whenever I wake up and whenever I go to sleep. Like <laughs> That's not a sleep schedule. That's just you waking up and going to sleep. Yeah. It just have. There's no set time like but um particularly one thing is recently like during the week i just stay up just like way too late and then honestly half the time i'm not even doing shit i'm supposed to be doing i'm just like yeah fuck it i'll watch two episodes of westworld i got time worth it worth it so um this week rodney and i saw well yesterday we saw fantastic beasts and where to find them with the girls but Earlier this week, Rodney and I saw the Doctor Strange movie. I haven't got to no see no spoilers yet. since you and Mike haven't seen it, but it was amazing. I want to see. In I've a word, heard, amazing. I've heard nothing but good things about it. 
It's different, though. It's different from the other Marvel movies. Like, don't... I believe that. ...go into it expecting, like, an action-packed adventure. Like, it's it's much different, as you would expect with Doctor Strange. Yeah. Does it have the same... How do I want to word this? Does it have the same kind of humor that Marvel movies have with them? Like, it kind of plays with itself a little bit. It does. sounded dirty. But most of the jokes, I'd have to say, were in the trailer. Like a lot of the marvel movies it's mm. like they they give you the jokes in the trailer and then the movie is mostly action yeah or okay. plot actual but um most most of the jokes were in the trailer but they still did a good job of sticking to those jokes and making them applicable to to how the storyline goes yeah i'm like so excited to see that i i really do want to oh, see so it. good but at the same time i really want to go back and see fantastic beast <laughs> right watch it again and so yeah so i'm kind of like mm fantastic beast or doctor strange like yeah we also went fancy we got all bougie on it and we did the 3d imax yeah was that worth it for i I don't think it is rodney said it was but he's like a a like a snob like a a high definition snob and i'm not and what pissed me off is we spent i think it was like 18 dollars a ticket or something so we spent crazy money to see this movie and it was just like in a like the seats were regular theater seats um, it was at AMC 30 at Cinemark. Whenever you see the nicer movies, they have you like in these leather seats or something like they're really nice. But at AMC, it was just the regular seats, which is fine. But um, when you pay more, you kind of expect more. Yeah. And the IMAX screen was amazing. But since it was 3D, we had those cheap ass fucking plastic glasses mm-hmm. and they recycle them now. Like they yeah. don't give you a new one each time. And so they're scratched. They're dirty. Like, at the beginning of the movie, I had to clean them, and I wasn't wearing anything cotton, mm. so I had to have Rodney clean my glasses with his T-shirt. I would not want to put those on my face. Right. Well, they, they sanitize them. Yeah. But, uh, but quote, still. unquote. Yeah. You guys couldn't see my air quotes. Yeah. But um, they, they were definitely low quality. Like, you could tell, like, I wasn't the first person to wear them. Yeah. They were kind of scratched. And so, wearing cheap, plastic, scratched glasses totally fucking nulled the quality of the IMAX screen yeah and this is just me like it was a long movie and it was late at night and so I kept like shifting in my seat I'd lean my head on Rodney or I'd lean the other way or I'd cross my legs or I'd sit on my legs or something like that and every time I tilted my head it messed up the 3D and so oh, it got slightly out of focus and, or it stopped being 3D yeah. and I was like what the fuck like I have to sit perfectly straight staring straight at the screen for it to work because yeah. it's that tilted screen you know so i've got to say with 3d movies as far as like like i'll watch them in 3d i i like it i do think it it does something a little something but i'm not that impressed with 3d movies like agree like i mean there there are a few particularly animated movies where you can tell like this sequence was designed for 3d Mm -hmm. and but just in like regular movies i'm just kind of like i don't get it like i don't see it like it's not you know especially like i hate the commercials where it's like oh 3d movie and things like way out i'm like no that's not how it is nothing like like that it's mostly the only thing that's in focus is the main thing and everything else on the screen's out of focus that's kind of how they do it so i actually saw something about um i think it was a cracked article about like ways companies rip you off or whatever and it said that uh the the 3d lens is actually really expensive and so but it's it's not necessarily compatible with 2d movies so it's different type and so they what they'll do is they'll leave the 3d lens on and show a 2d movie through it but it makes the movie darker so like if your regular movies like it, it not like just your quality 
yeah. is worse because of the lens. And I was like, well, that sucks because the movies are expensive these days. Yeah, they are. They even just like the regular viewing. Yeah. So I don't think we actually introduced ourselves. We just came on as these women who maybe killed our husbands and <laughs> but I feel may like, or like, may not may, may, may or, or not. may not may or may not We're plausible deniability yeah the accused um <laughs> alleged alleged husband murderer yeah, you're right so my name is melissa and I'm, I'm rodney's wife i'm mara and i'm mike's wife i feel like i don't know like i don't we're identifying ourselves by our man well like, that's we stole their podcast we did and so that's why i'm kind of okay with it but also on the like in the back of my head right now i'm like welcome to trump's america <laughs> right so um i'm owned by rodney oh god he's getting a boner listening to this right now i know it like, fuck yeah i own that bitch like i feel like we're just gonna have to like carry around cars be like this is the man that i belong to like if, if i have permission to yeah. be here if found please return to so we're not that crazy liberal feminist we're just no. kind of crazy liberal feminist yeah. so we're mostly joking mostly mostly like it's only a fear like in the very pit of our stomach not in our throats yeah so we haven't actually vomited that fear up yeah yet. but what is terrifying um to segue into mm. our first actual topic today Um, so we live in texas um specifically southeast houston texas and to this week in terrifying news uh three new bills have been proposed for the texas legislature for you guys who don't know um who who haven't talked to mr bill and know how a bill becomes a law so texas ledge starts their next their 27 legislative session in january and so bills get introduced before they even go to the floor they have to go through scheduling committee and they have to go through committee and then they get pushed to the scheduling committee and then they get pushed into their respective houses the bill has to pass both houses and then in the same form so if it gets edited in one house it has to go back to the previous house and get passed in that iteration and then they go on to the governor this is we're talking about state legislation here they go on to the governor, and the government governor can sign or veto. And then you guys know how the veto process happens. But since we have a crazy governor, Greg Abbott, oh. uh, we kind of don't think that these bills will get vetoed. So yeah. if they get passed, we don't. If they get scheduled, if they go through committee, if they get passed, we don't think they'll get vetoed. We think these are things that our crazy ass governor will definitely sign on board for. So the first bill um, is one that we've actually seen might. Pence, the VP elect, pass in his state. So it is that women and doctors are responsible for burying or cremating fetal remains. And that is for an abortion or a miscarriage. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, okay. There's actually, and I don't know if it's just we're aware of pregnancies a lot earlier than we used to, but if you look on like social media and stuff, like, it seems like women are having a lot of miscarriages these days. Not necessarily. I think it's just women are more empowered to talk about it. And that might be part of it, too. Like, it was such a taboo subject. But, like, I know a few women who have had miscarriages. And, like, most of the women I know that have children yeah. have had miscarriages. Yeah. It is more common for you to have a miscarriage if you have a child. Yeah. And so, and that is, it's incredibly painful. Because those people that I know, like, they wanted those children. Those children right. were wanted. And so now on top of that, you're going to have to pay for a funeral for, you know, a cremation or a burial. Yeah. So, I mean, just the just one thing that my mind kind of gets stuck on and 
I think it's because to me this legislation is just so abhorrent for emotional reasons right that my mind just kind of glosses over that and thinks on the numbers because I'm like thinking how much would that cost then you know Mm -hmm. and so it's like so on if a woman chooses to have an abortion and she has this um you know has to have this barrel because of it that's an additional cost or if the doctors have to pay for it that's an additional so it's like not only is it I think emotionally trying to punch women in the face. It's It's literally insult to injury. Yeah. And it's just like, and the thing is, it's like some miscarriages happen. Like, yeah, it's not the woman's fault. And in no way should that woman be made to feel guilty for it being her fault. Yeah. And if that woman chooses to bury, you know, the remains, that's her choice. But sometimes, especially if that, if she's tied to her religious beliefs and has to do a burial and can't do a cremation. But, I mean, I think there are cases where there's not really a lot of remains to bury, you right. know? Right. So, um, full disclosure, uh, one of my sisters, I won't say her name and I won't say who it is, but she's she had a couple miscarriages. And for one of them, she said that she thinks she saw it pass. So, um, for, for you fellas out there who don't know how it works, um, you basically just start your period. And it's a heavy period. And so there's tissue and there's a lot of blood and there's you know it's not just like thin blood like you leak out of your finger like there's a lot going on in that business and so she says that um she thought she saw it was just like a heavy collection of tissue and so she assumed that that was what the early fetus was and um it was just like a heavy period so that goes in your feminine hygiene product you know like if you're wearing a pad that gets collected in your pad or if you go pee it goes in the toilet. Yeah. So, like, is the government going to come to my house and watch my toilet every time I pee? Like, at the first sign of pregnancy? Yeah. Like, how... How is this even enforceable? Yeah. And if you show up, like, if you go to your daughter, like, hey, I think I had a miscarriage. Is everything okay with me? Is everything... What's going on? You know, the uh, the, the, the the first episode on this podcast, it's women only. We start talking about periods. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome to Ladies Night on the podcast tonight. We're going to be talking about things like periods. No. Sexy. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry we're getting so graphic with it. But it's the reality. It is the legitimate reality of the enforceability of this bill. Well, and I think think you just kind of touched on something there. You, You... we as women apologize for getting graphic about something that happens to us like and and not necessarily a miscarriage but periods they happen monthly regularly regularly the population and yet it's such a taboo topic you can't talk about it it's oh men don't want to hear well like do you ever think to like on like your heaviest menstrual day do you ever think to yourself how the fuck is this happening to every woman I know. Like, yeah. this is, at times, scary. Like, you ever check and you're like, oh, my God, there's a lot more blood than I was expecting. Yeah. And you're like, how is this not talked about more yeah. often? Like, how well, is this not, like, out in the open? This happens yeah. so regularly. Yeah. So, since this is a ladies episode, I'm going to share probably way more personal details than I ought to. But mm. when I actually started my period as a young woman at 11 or 12 or so, like they say when you first start, like that's when you'll be most irregular. But that was actually the time when I was most regular. Mm-hmm. I would have to skip one, have to skip one, like clockwork. And then one month, I just had a period that didn't stop. It, it lasted a full month. Oh, my God. And I, I became anemic. I bled so much. 
but I didn't talk about it because I didn't, it was just something you don't talk about. And I didn't know. And I didn't, I didn't know that it wasn't normal. Like that Mm -hmm. happened. I I wasn't concerned to reach out. I just kind of made an offhand comment around some of the other women in my family because we were talking about periods one time and they were like, no, that's not right. You need to get that shit checked out. Right. And, but I mean, I think it's just kind of like, it's such a taboo topic and it just blows my mind because it happens monthly. And I think this ties back to this bill because I think for literally for generations in the U.S. education system, there has been a severe deficit of health. Yeah. Of health class, including what the fucking menstrual cycle is, what yeah. how pregnancy happens, like what constitutes as a pregnancy and what happens when it miscarries, what happens when you abort, what birth control is. And so we have yeah. politicians, we have lawmakers and legislatures, legislators that don't fucking understand what a miscarriage is. And yeah. so they say, oh, yeah, we can definitely enforce this bill because when women miscarry, a baby pops out yeah no stupid it's a little collection of tissue that you can't even distinguish from your regular period yeah yeah and so i i just i'm just shocked that these are really for real a resurgence so the the second one the second bill is the okay so for background in texas there is a 20-week abortion ban so you can't have an abortion past 20 weeks except with their three exceptions rape incest uh fetal viability and health of the mother so rape and incest is one uh fetal viability is the second one and health of the mother is the third this bill that's been proposed is to remove the fetal viability clause so that means if your fetus isn't developing a brain or if its innards are suddenly its outards you have to carry that fetus to term even if it starts to which is what happens with dead tissue even if it starts to necrotize inside of you that infection could become systemic and only then can they abort because then it affects the health of the mother but if it's just a non-viable fetus no you're cattle you have to carry that shit to term well and the thing with that that it's like you just stated that well once it's further along and the tissue is necrotic and then it becomes it starts to affect the mother that's when it can well, it it wasn't a not, baby before yeah, that. Long, like I, long ago. Yeah, like I'm not a hundred percent. Like I mean, I know the general process of making a baby, but I can't tell you the exact point. <laughs> when a when... mommy loves a daddy very <laughs> oh, shit, much. I didn't know that. No, <laughs> um, but you know, it's I can't tell you the exact part where the brain waves start and the uh-huh. you know this and that. But it seems like the earlier, the more, the less your your the less pain you're inflicting on that fetus embryo be you know baby mm-hmm. whatever it is but without jeopardizing the life of the mother whereas right. if you wait until you know you wait until it gets to that point that baby is further along you know right. and it's like well now it's more complicated because you didn't do what a simple procedure could have done right and don't get me wrong pain. any abortion after 20 weeks isn't so much a simple procedure cuz if yeah. you think about Babies are born, like I think uh, Texas Children's in Houston, the earliest baby that survived was born at like 23 weeks. Yeah. So we're really talking about 20 weeks. That's very, very close to fetal viability. So when something at that point goes wrong, 
it's seriously wrong. Like, you don't willy-nilly get an abortion at 20 weeks. Exactly. And so they're talking about removing the fetal non-viability. Like, that's such a small percentage of a small percentage of women, and it only impacts the women who, at that point, like, you're expecting a baby. Like, if you're halfway through your pregnancy, you're You're, ready. You're getting ready for your baby. Yeah, that child is wanted. And so whenever you just, again, insult to injury, you slap that ban on it. It's like, oh, I'm suddenly a host of a collection of dead cells that is a hollow shell of the baby that I wanted to love. Well, and like, not only... Like, that's fucked up. Not only that, I mean, I think it... I think it goes back to... For me, the issue lies in the fact that those parents are the ones that need to be making that decision about the baby. Those parents being with, informed with the consult of the doctor yeah being informed by the doctor once a problem is detected i feel like the parents it's their job to determine the best course of action for their child mm-hmm. and if that means sparing it some pain when it actually is born by getting an abortion that's their call like i agree that's their child to protect yeah and I, if they choose that they feel truly that that's the safest Thing for their baby yeah that's their right and i read a story one time now it's a story on the internet take it with a grain of salt you know everything on the internet's true go <laughs> yeah. ahead we're fine but you know this woman posted her story and she said that like they wanted the child and they found out i think it didn't develop lungs or something so basically like something super vital yeah just in case you guys <laughs> that did not take anatomy so it was the baby was going to come to term like it was going to come to turn it was going to be born and right it was because going it doesn't to need its lungs in yes. utero yeah so it was going to be born just to live a couple of minutes and suffocate and oh god that's terrifying yeah that- and the 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 mother she said at first she wanted to carry it to term because she wanted to hold her baby mm-hmm. but then she had the thought that her baby was going to be born just to suffer so she could hold it so right. she made the decision to end end it before it got to like end it before oh, it suffered that that has to be such a hard decision and if i'm remembering the story correctly I think I was reading an article and then they got yelled at by protesters when they went to have that. I'm not surprised. Yeah. And her husband actually like went out because when he was just like waiting while they were doing the procedure and I think he actually confronted them. And I mean, that's just the thing. It's like, I I can't, I I just can't fathom these people out there yelling at women on probably the one of the worst days of their life. You know, they're brushing with a very broad stroke. When really you need to look at each fiber and each individual person's story. And yeah. you find abortion abuse, like using it like a form of birth control, the is book. the tiniest, tiniest percentage. Oh, I thought you were talking about like the abortion doctors. That There was like that one case where uh. the guy did really fucked up shit. And it was like had like all dead babies in the freezer i don't know it's what he my, was like just dis, like dismembering them yeah to like it was i stuff. think yeah. it was partial birth abortions where like you know he Which would is not really a thing yeah but i think that's i don't know i uh, that's where it came in yeah okay. and so but he was doing he was not following the rules and procedures those people throw the book at them like mm-hmm. if right. they're not following regulation like if they're endangering women's lives if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing punish those people don't punish all women because some freaky weird guy didn't do what he wanted to do but i mean there's like dentists who abuse their privilege but we're not out there like man dentistry you know you're not 
I haven't seen a dentist in decades. Just kidding. See your dentist twice a year. So, um, I was going to say about that woman that you were talking about where the baby would have just been born to suffocate. Like, that's its life. Mm-hmm. Like, suffocating is where you can't breathe. Like, imagine, yeah. like, um, if you've ever been stuck underwater for slightly longer than you were comfortable with. It's panic. Like, yeah. you're literally bringing a baby into the world to panic and possibly just have a heart attack, you know, before it was to the point of epoxia, which is not enough oxygen to the brain. Well, and that's all that child will know. That is all that baby will know. Suffering. It yeah. will, yeah. It had pleasure in utero, you know, like the warm fuzzies, the soft cuddles, sing- mom singing to them, and yeah. then suffocation. That's literally, well, it's it's short, sad life. And one of the things that just I don't understand about the pro-life movement and the anti-abortion movement is you see to see a, a lot of stuff one like banning certain forms of birth control and you know trying to restrict measures that would prevent the late-term abortions prevent the the ones where the fetus is further along right but it's like, well, why? Like, why, pre- you know, why not prevent it from getting to that stage, you know? Right. Like, Hobby Lobby, and they're just, they viewed IUD and Plan B as abortifacients because it was a fertilized egg. Like, you can stop that from becoming a baby, and it's not. You can stop it from becoming a fetus. Yeah. Like, that's. Anyway, yeah, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, we I literally feel like, talk about I that feel like we're hours. rambling. <laughs> um, so the third bill, going away from women's health and health and going towards LGBTQ rights, uh, the third one is what's called the Uniform Law. So this is going to be, or this could potentially be, a state law that overrules city and county ordinances. That well it's that that's the general sweep and so they're saying that they're going to apply it in instances of like the the equal rights ordinances that a lot of the the big cities the major cities that across the u.s but they're focusing on texas obviously because it's a texas bill have passed saying that um like businesses can't kick somebody out because they're gay um you know they have to cater to somebody because they're gay or they can't um okay like the houston equal rights ordinance that did not pass two years ago no last year last uh, year yeah it was last year so the 2015 so that bill started because two gentlemen went to a club one was black one was white they were wearing the same shoes they were actually there to go together but they were in different spots in line the white man was let in the black man was turned down because of his shoes Again, they were wearing the same fucking shoes. Yeah, those guys were lawyers. Yeah, they set that club up. Like, that was intentional. Yeah. But it was a controlled study. You know, like, they did that very intentionally to just perfectly, I mean, immaculately highlight the discrimination that goes down in cities where you don't have equal rights ordinances. This bill would overrule the city ordinances that would... uh, um, illegalize that that would make that illegal so it yeah. would allow for that discrimination based on 
anything, anything that that person wants to do. Um, no, I'm sorry. You look gay. You can't come in here. Oh, no, you don't. You're not heteronormative. You have to get out of here. Oh, no. Um, you have a dyke haircut. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, no, you're wearing a hijab. Get the fuck out of here. Like yeah. those like that severely limits the possibilities for some people in think like small rural towns. Yeah. Like where it's a lot of right wing Christian owned businesses. Like, yeah. no, get the fuck out. You can't eat here. You can't get your coffee here. You can't buy shoes here. You can't get a wedding dress from here. Like yeah. that significantly hinders your quality of life when you yeah. can't even fucking shop for your basic needs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also it, it would just, it's trying to pull into play a lot of states rights versus national uh, national sweeping yeah national because wouldn't statements. it also allow correct me if i'm wrong but wouldn't it also allow like if the supreme court decided stuff that went it against it would allow texas to independently decide whether or not a supreme court of the united states judgment conflicted with the texas constitution so and texas constitution would is open it's also in, open for interpretation you know like yeah. that's any constitutional lawyer will tell you like the constitution is not so black and white yeah and applicable for everything but um so there are many very valid concerns that they would take that and they would in texas they would disqualify same-sex marriage i'd i'd believe it i absolutely because believe it. didn't voters pass a uh marriage definition years ago in texas like it's between man and woman that's why it went in the that constitution does sound familiar but i don't know positively yeah uh, I, I think because i think all texas constitutional amendments go to the voters don't they i think so so yeah. um i wanted to read a quote from our lovely sarcastic lieutenant governor dan patrick quote starting in 2017 we will have a friend in the white house who was clearly elected because the people of this country believe in the conservative principles that have guided the way we govern in texas life liberty and lean government that promotes prosperity patrick said i remain committed to those principles that's the quote that he said in regards to these three bills so this is a direct fucking result of the election yeah. So all these right wing people are like, oh my God, you liberal pansies, you precious, Suck little, it up, you you precious little snowflakes. Oh, you're no. just freaking out for nothing. Get out it's of like, your safe space. No, motherfucker. These three bills, like for one, um, a woman who accidentally, not intentionally, has uh, a miscarriage has to bury or cremate the little fucking collection of mucus that comes out of her. The 20 week abortion ban. So, oh, it's totally my bad that my baby didn't develop a brain. And so now I have to carry it to term and pass yeah. a dead fetus. Um, and then the uniform law. So, removing the potential for equal rights ordinances across Texas. Like, yeah. no, we're not overreacting. Like, this yeah. is the reality that Trump promised us. Yeah. And this is the ra- reality that we feared all along. So, fuck you yeah. guys. Justified. Hey, this is Craig Wade and Brian Allen Delaney from B-Movies and Ebooks, a podcast about cult and horror films and genre fiction. You can catch new episodes on iTunes and Stitcher every Wednesday. B-Movies and Ebooks. We bleed fiction. 
Well, and speaking of Trump or well, President-elect Trump, I mean, Trump. that 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 blah was with all the respect intended for the presidential office. He actually settled a lawsuit today. Did you hear about that, Melissa? I did hear. Tell us about it, Janet. <laughs> Who the fuck's Janet? You, you never <laughs> seen Rocky Horror Picture Show? No, I have. But Tell I us was, about it, Janet. It, that that was a Melissa joke that Mara oh, did. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> no, fuck off. It was funny. And it, our no, no, no. listeners my will joke. love it. My, my oh, joke okay. was I was countering and oh, okay. it did not come off. It did not play. Hmm. And so Mara just did a Melissa joke for those oh, okay. listening. Okay. So, so tell anyways, us about it. So uh, Donald Trump, he had this lawsuit for his university, I say in air quotes, be, that was proven fraudulent. You know, a lot of the people who went to it said it didn't deliver what it promised. They went into tens of thousands of dollars in debt to do this only to come up empty handed. So once he was elected now this is the case that had him say that the judge who had mexican ancestry was not fit because of that ancestry so he um because trump has been outspoken against yeah mexicans yeah and so this lawsuit was settled today which they had tried to push the trial back, saying that the president-elect has too much on his schedule now, implying that a president would have less on his schedule than right. a president-elect. president doesn't do shit, yeah. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. So, he settled for $25 million in the state of New York, which there were actually, like, three suits total, I think, two in California, one in New York. Mm-hmm. So, the 25 21 million will go to restitution for the people in California. $3 million will go to... The New York lawsuits and one million will go up to one million will go to penalties to New York for running a I think uncredited um, educa- uh, education school you know not not following the rules so but here's a little kicker he settled it without any admission of guilt of course so, yeah. of course he settled just dozens yeah if not hundreds of oh, lawsuits yeah. before and whenever he was talking about bill clinton because bill clinton settled one of his out of court he was like oh he's guilty you turn the fucking mic around on him it's like oh so you were guilty in your many many lawsuits that you've settled there's a great video of kellyanne conway like anderson cooper bringing that up and she just kind of like freezes a little bit because he was like she said she was like oh meat kettle Hmm. yeah she was like well, the last, I think her quote, what she said was, the last time I sexu- didn't sexually assault someone, I didn't have to pay them $850,000. And Anderson Cooper was like, well, your client has actually done that, or he's settled lawsuits with no admission of guilt. So are you saying settling is equal of guilty? And she just kind of like freezes. And he asked her like three times. And finally, she's like, what I'm saying is, and she just completely trailed off. Right. And it's like, yeah. That's definitely like a telltale pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. I'm not going to say Donald Trump's not a smart man. I don't think he could have gotten where he is being right. not smart. I just don't he, buy he's it. He's Slytherin. Yeah. Yeah. He's cunning. Yeah. That's why I don't like Fucking Slytherin. Slytherin. <laughs> um, J- JK to the Slytherins out there, please don't stop listening. No, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> um, but he, you know, he, he uses the legal code to his advantage. So he had delayed this for so long 
and now he just settled it you know and it's i mean i think sweep it under the rug yeah and no one's ever gonna talk about it again yeah and it's you know i mean you heard a lot of criticism about hillary for things oh things don't stick to hillary things don't you know affect hillary right i think it's the same thing with donald trump i mean like on a crazy much larger scale like literally like 800 fold i think he's he's sending a clear message already that he's gonna do things his way and it's kind of terrifying because it is like he's not oh he's not ted cruz like you could predict what ted cruz would do you cannot fucking predict what donald trump is gonna do like even the people who voted for him are now just like wait what you're backpedaling on marriage equality wait what you're backpedaling on the wall you're talking about a fence now yeah it's like well, he's already following falling through on his campaign yeah. promises well and one of the things that he did recently is also there was a picture released of um his first head of state meeting and he was meeting with some japanese officials and he's sitting on a couch with them and ivanka's there his daughter and the thing why that is particularly concerning is because he has said that he will put his assets in a blind trust again more air quotes here which a true blind trust means you liquidate your assets and you put you you put your money into a trust that other people control so you don't know where your money's at and the thing about that is that protects the president from doing you know judging on things in his own personal interest right and so what Donald's Trump blind trust means is he's going to hand the business over to his kids. So they're still going to be, he's still going to know what's going on. They're just not going to talk about it, I think is what yeah, he said. Yeah, sure, Which, sure. Who, who buys that? I mean, come on. And this picture is hence a very loud message that Ivanka Trump has the ear of the president. And if you want to work with Ivanka Trump worldwide, like... You have the consequences yeah. of the, the president is behind to her. contend with. Yeah. So if a foreign company wants to deny the Trump corporation something like to build a hotel in Dubai yeah. or something. Yeah. And they're like, well, fuck, they're yeah. going to bomb us if we don't. The president's so behind that. So we have to risk that crazy motherfucker with his yeah. finger on the nuke button. Yeah. Well, and I mean, not that it's that dramatic, not literally, but in a much more subtle way, it can have very large impacts. Yeah very large impacts and i was actually watching um i think it was an adam ruins everything or whatever that guy's name is yeah those are funny yeah and it was about um legalizing marijuana and what yeah seems like a very strange segue yeah well it it connects back in a second i will lay the breadcrumbs for you to follow melissa Mm. so and the one thing he was talking about was in the 1930s was when the push against marijuana happened in the 30s in the 30s because a prohibitionist was appointed into this office and so it's like we're still feeling ramifications from past governments from the 1930s from and then the nixon administration doubled down on it so for people who's like oh well what's what's the worst that can happen you know it's like there's a lot like these (laughs) actually yeah these have big ripple effects and like one thing that's particularly scary is now there's this talk of a muslim registry like that is just terrifying to me yeah so the registry is for immigrants coming from countries that are prone to terrorism as loosely worded as that can be um 
that if they self-identify as Muslim, they go on this special registry. So say a woman comes over uh, from, I don't know, let's say, where's a, where's a Syria? So she comes yeah. from Syria. And um, so she comes, her husband's in the United States. They have kids. Say the husband is U.S. citizen. The kids are U.S. citizens. So she's on the registry they're gonna know okay her husband's probably muslim her children are probably muslim they probably all practice the faith of islam so you can't tell me that they're not also gonna go on that registry or they're they're considered sympathetic you know right yeah yeah you can't tell me that they're not gonna have sympathizers on that list you can't tell me that they're not gonna have friends of that of the muslim on that list that they aren't also going to be monitored yeah so i mean it's just it just seems to be like we're moving back in time like we're moving back to the road scare in a very terrifying case too yeah it's like we're moving back to mccarthyism we're moving back and it's just it's just so because it's like okay well it's dumbfounding it really is like it's stunning that it's all happened so fast now correct me if i'm wrong but haven't the terrorist attacks on american soil since 9-11 not the 9-11 terrorism but the boston bombing the pulse shooting the san bernardino weren't they american citizens yeah they were all american yeah. citizens so how born long, and bred how long until you know i guess we're using a slippery slope argument which i kind of hate to use but at the same time though it's like this has happened in history before so how long before it goes from immigrant muslims to american muslims Right. That's definitely. And so I think Facebook and Twitter have already come to that conclusion that that would be a very close, logical next step. And so there's actually a movement now saying to flood the registry. Yeah. Just like for every individual, not just Muslim Americans, for every American to say to self-identify as Muslim. Yeah. Even if they've been an outspoken Christian or an outspoken atheist or uh any other religion like for them to say oh yeah no i'm definitely muslim so that whenever shit goes down and heaven forbid they start implementing internment camps then they can't because it's actually the majority of the population and not an insignificant minority yeah when you talk about internment camps there was um there was a person i'm drawing a blank it is a representative from um one of trump's super PACs, but he was referencing a quote from chris kofak which is a member of trump's transition team yeah and i mean he he was stating that there's a legal precedent for this registry because of japanese internment camps and so a little history lesson if anybody out there doesn't know during world war ii we actually interned japanese and japanese americans on american soil because they were viewed as the enemy so that means if someone is first or second generation japanese american they took them out of their fucking homes and put them in a fence yeah well and uh one if, if you want to know more information about this like look at george takei he was actually in that camp with his parents like he said soldiers came and just took them from their home like they you know they had a no warning they had picked them up yeah and so they put him in this camp and you know there were fence there were armed guards there were and he was a child Mm -hmm. you couldn't leave you couldn't work yeah you had to live there like a prisoner i i think and again correct me if i'm wrong someone out there in the comments but i think he said before that like he liked getting up to go to the bathroom at night because the spotlight would leave the way for him. I mean, how terrifying is that? Like, mm-hmm. you're that a little a small kid. small child had to live yeah. through that. And he also said that 
so his parents his father was japanese and his mother was an american citizen so therefore he and his siblings they were american citizens too right and he said that his parents they got sent to one internment camp and his parents were asked to basically like would you sign a loyalty oath or something to america um would you say the magic words (laughs) and his parents were like, no, you came and took us from our home. We right. have had no trial. We've had no due process. We've had, you've stripped our rights from us. So then they got sent to like oh, the you. punishment camp that was just like practically in a swamp. And oh, shit. yeah, and it was, it was worse conditions. And, you know, but it's like, what are they supposed to do? Like, yeah, no, no, <laughs> no we'll, America, we'll you fucked us over. Let yeah. me suck your dick. Yeah, yeah, please, please allow me to suck your dick after you just fucked yeah. me over. And you know, George Takei has been very outspoken about this, as you he know. should be. He yeah. has every fucking right, and you know what? He needs to be. Mm-hmm. He needs to be a reminder because everyone's apparently fucking forgotten. Yeah, he needs to be a reminder of what this path leads us to. Yeah, and that's terrifying divisiveness that could ultimately lead to the next world war yeah i'm i'm actually really looking forward to seeing um fathom events is doing at the movie theaters he's done a musical um it's called allegiance yeah and i think it's playing december 13th and i'd really like to check it out because i think it touches on the internment camps i'm not positive about that i'm not positive the plot to it because i've never seen it right but you know and he's he's just I think he's also been pushing to try to get these these internment camps to get them like made monuments or stuff or get them preserved. So this is like part of our history. And um, a couple of years ago, I want to say I saw something where they like put up a big fence around one to where it's like you because they were saying, oh, well, it's part of an airfield. So it's like people they're trying to like cover up this past. Right. And honestly, I, I think we should talk about it. I, I don't remember being taught that in schools. Oh, no. No, yeah. we weren't. Straight up, not in high school. Yeah. I learned about it in college because I had, I went to a very liberal community college my first year of college. Yeah. And they, ooh, yeah, they definitely hit on that shit. Yeah. Can you imagine the terror that's going through George Takei's mind as oh. this starts coming up in the political front? Oh, yeah. Well, and it's it's very, it's very important to keep in mind that a lot of the atrocities that have happened throughout history, they were legal when they happened. Right. Like, the... And they weren't the minority opinion. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, the Trump administration's the Nazis, but I've been taking a Holocaust class, so it's kind of in the forefront of my mind. But the thing is, like, they came to power legally. Like... There wasn't... With sweeping excitement. Yeah. They, you know, they seized upon a depressed population. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were uh, in, the, in a terrible depression. And they were, you know, their spirits were broken because of the Versailles Treaty and World War One and all that jazz. And Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Um, but the thing is, Hitler came to power legally. He had the support. And then... As they stripped away the rights from the Jewish people and the gypsies and the people that they were discriminating against, they did it legally. Like, they just passed laws that declared these people aren't citizens. Right. So, it's important to stay 
stay vigilant about what's going on in your government. Like, stay informed. Stay on top of it. Call your people and let them know. And that's one thing that I think is the people protesting, like, that's what they're trying to get. Like, we're going to be watching you. Like, we're going to be a voice for any of those that you, like, try to silence. It's important to... I understand, like, you don't want to call Trump a Nazi. Like, that is a historical reference that doesn't specifically apply in this situation but you can't ignore those parallels no and so it is important to call them out as you see them so that we don't repeat that history yeah and that means being proactive before this starts stuff starts coming out um like talking about these uh the bills the three bills in texas that we were just talking about uh i sure as shit am getting a group together and we're planning on going to austin on whenever these bills get scheduled and we will be in the fucking gallery letting them know we are not okay with this we'll be writing our local representatives and we will be calling our local representatives um i am a member of a local democratic club and you bet your ass we're gonna get some form letters going and some scripts going so that we can pass that out to our members and they can pass it out to their friends yeah so that people who don't aren't confident enough in giving a statement on what they believe um so that they they can like take that script and use it as their own or they can manipulate it and make it their own um so that they they're more empowered because most don't i mean those elect those elected officials never hear from us yeah I've, I've never contacted an elected official. Oh, I have. And you just get a form letter back. But whenever they get enough calls, like, yeah, they, they sure as shit hear, the higher-ups hear about it. I, I heard at one point that a, and this was years ago, so I can't tell you the name of who it was, but I had heard a story that there was a congressperson, I'm not sure what level, but they took it as their kind of philosophy for every, like, one call they got, they interpreted it as a thousand people who didn't call to talk about that issue. I believe it. Because, yeah. I mean, like, if you talk about keeping up with all of the bills, like, where it is in committee, where it is on the schedule, you know, whether it's going to the House or the Senate first and when they convene, it really adds up to, like, a full-time or part-time job. So, a couple years ago, when... Um, during the, the Wendy Davis filibuster, some of you guys may be familiar with it that way. It was, um, HB two, I think is what it was called is the abortion bill. It's the one that it was part of the 20 week abortion ban. Um, it was part of the requirements where, uh, abortion providing clinics have to be like hospital regulated. Like they have to have the same regulations as a hospital. And there's a lot that went into it. It's like a, a omnibus bill. So it incorporated a lot of different aspects that severely restricted abortion rights. Um, it was, so it, at first it was individual bills and then it turned into an omnibus bill and then just trying to keep track of where it was, the house or the Senate, who was talking about it, what committee was presenting it, who wrote it. Um, I could not keep track and I was very diligent about it. I didn't know what websites to go to. I was scouring the internet. Thankfully at the time, my, one of my sisters had a desk job and work would come and go. So she was able to stay on her computer and follow it. Yeah. And she would give us updates and we would spread the word on what the updates were. And that's what it took. And we're just regular people yeah. i don't get paid to follow that shit but it sure it definitely affects my life no okay um i feel like one of the aspects of 
the political scene that you're, is mm, i feel like one of the things about politics today is very much what you're talking about now is that it takes so much to be informed it's so much that you have to go out and find and it's honestly exhausting like i am exhausted from this election i'm just like and plus i've got school i've got work i've got a lot of other stuff happening in my life right now that there's part of me that just wants to check out and be like what happens happens yeah and that's what a lot of people do. do yeah i'm exhausted from this election but i'm gearing up to fight for 2018 to make a difference and i'm gearing up to do what i can to let my voice be heard you know which that's my right as an american like that's how this government works you know right and but it's so exhausting and i think people just get worn down and i think i think that's one thing that's really hurting because then it's like well when the people aren't paying attention then they pass what they want to pass. that's when the scary shit goes through yeah. is after everyone's wore down they just went through a really hard election you know maybe they they volunteered for the campaigns and literally in an emotional way like they're bogged down and they're like, oh, let's pass these terrifying bills that can affect millions of women across Texas. Like, yeah. Uh, no, fuck you. Because when you piss the woman off, she just comes back fucking stronger. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but that fire is limitless. Like, yeah. literally, there is no end to the ire that women will force upon Congress. Yeah. So beware. We're coming. You're in a zombie apocalypse. You have one weapon and it's not a gun. What is it? Like a scythe. A car. Grenades. Like a flare gun, maybe. Piranhas. <laughs> bat. A bat? Baseball bat. Hands down. Machete. It's obviously a Lobo. <sighs> uh, loppers? Slingshot. <gasps> yeah! Like a ground-mounted slingshot that shoots bricks. Catch the seven deadly questions on The Basement on a Hill. Hear all new episodes every Tuesday. The Basement on a Hill. Horror and comedy for people who hate horror comedies. Finally, uh, we're going to start getting into Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. So there, this next, like from now to the end of this podcast, is chock full of spoilers. Literally everything we say is going to be a spoiler. So if you haven't seen it yet and you plan on seeing it, check out now. So thank you so much for listening. Check come back out. and listen later after you've seen the movie. Yeah, come back and you listen to this and then you can agree. Yes, oh my God, they're geniuses. They're they're dissecting this so perfectly. Anyway, but um, check us out on uh facebook nerds on the left instagram nerds on the left twitter nerds on the left i don't know what do we have snapchat nerds on the left no, no we don't, have snapchat. don't we have snapchat we've got everything else yeah uh, nerds on the left pretty consistent name so um thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to y'all later but those of you who are staying because you've seen fantastic beasts or there's something wrong with you and you don't plan on seeing it you can stay and we will enjoy this next bit yes so this is what I've actually been looking forward to since all of midnight this morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> because. Since we got out of the movie. Yeah. Um, we went and saw the 945 showing. And, you know, first of all, let's just talk about the 
atmosphere of the midnight premiere because i was really kind of excited because i well okay granted it wasn't a midnight premiere because i'm getting kind of old started at 9 45 i'm all of 26 guys like you can't expect me to be like going to midnight and stuff like body don't work like it used to <laughs> yeah i i need my 12 hours of sleep which i didn't get <laughs> um but it's so we got there at about like we were expecting there to be a line so we got there we about two hours early yeah yeah about and there was one person in line in front well, of us. Well, technically, her mom was sitting on a bench a little yes. ways away. So, so two. technically two. Kind of. But, and they had this huge roped off section, and we pretty much filled up, like, the first little ropey <laughs> The bit. first leg of it. Like, we yeah. didn't even. There were, like, ten of us. The, our theater didn't even make the curve. But we no, were also, people came. we were the second viewing. Yeah. There was, like, a six o'clock showing but or something. But that one didn't even have a lot of people coming out. No, and it didn't have a ton, but they were more dressed up. Yeah. And so, I, but I was kind of, like, I was expecting to see some cosplayer there. I was expecting to see, right. like, you know, I guess I was expecting the atmosphere of what the Harry Potter movies were at the end of the franchise. And it was kind of disappointing to not see it. But Do it makes sense. think it's because the Harry Potter cohort has gotten older and maybe, like, we've grown out of that some? I think so. I think some of it was we were just at an earlier showing. but I And I think some of it is this is a bit of an unknown to the harry potter the potter heads out there you know you think so i think i think so i think there are people who they just didn't know what to expect so i think i would i think a lot of people were not making it a priority to see it at midnight i think the next movies will have a much bigger oh yeah opening especially night. when the plot comes out from yeah. what fantastic beasts led into because it's all the reviews were right it's not what you think it is not like, when you compare it to the book fantastic beasts and where to find them like just well fantastic beasts and where to find the book has no plot literally like, it's, it's just like it's like an encyclopedia yeah. for the animals and yeah. so you're like oh okay yeah we're gonna learn about these animals that's kind of cool nobody like strap on because this is gonna be a fucking roller coaster of emotions we're getting into some serious shit specifically yeah. grindelwald and yeah. albus dumbledore so talking about the fact that the book um, doesn't have a plot, it made this movie really interesting for me because when I was sitting there watching it, well, first of all, I'm just going to say it was amazing. Just going to get that out of the way. Yeah. Definite um, amazeballs. Yeah. Like I was, I was so happy with how this movie came out. Um, but one of the things that I really liked about it is I'm sitting there watching it and it feels like I'm watching a familiar story in a good way. Like I feel the magic that you the Harry Potter. like you were home i was a little home. bit like in 1920s it was america was nearing world. it just felt right like yeah. it was not the same story like harry yeah. was not there hermione was not there ron was not yeah. there but it was that it same world so well with the world oh my it, god it, it really took me back like yeah. back to when i first read the books like in yeah. what, middle school fourth grade or something but so i really so while it had that familiar feel and that familiar quality i really felt like you know it it was a new story we had no idea what to expect going into oh, there's yeah. no plot in the book that tight you and know. the trailers didn't give much away and it was that was so good like yeah. a lot of times trailers give it away and it's just like it they mentioned yeah Grindelwald's name and you're like no it's not gonna be about that it's just gonna be at the same time it's gonna have like a cameo like yeah uh no that was the end plot yeah like they found all of the missing beasts yeah before the movie was over like that wasn't the climax of the movie finding yeah. the last beast yeah 
So do we just want to go ahead and spoil the big ending spoil we right now? We already announced spoilers. So if yeah. you guys are still listening, this is on you. Yeah. So you have been warned. So at the very end of the movie, Colin Firth's character, character who I was expecting to just be a bad, you know, he's a supporter of Grindelwald. He's a bad You didn't know dude. it was him? No. I, I knew it was him. I, I didn't know it was him. I just thought he was going to be a supporter. I didn't think it was actually okay. him. The reason I knew it was him is because the very beginning, it showed a shot of Grindelwald from behind. Yeah. And he had the, the same, same haircut. But it was a different color. And I was like, there's no way that's a common haircut in 1920s wizarding world. I thought that at first. Like, when I first saw the haircut, I saw the haircut, but then I thought, no, like, he's in Europe. Like, they're, you know... This is just a supporter because I was expecting him to have a following like Voldemort did. Mm -hmm. And so I was I, I did not pick up on that was him. I thought it was just a supporter. And at one point when he's interrogating Newt, you can actually see, um, you know, eagle eye viewers can see the Deathly Hollow symbol in his pocket. And that's when I thought like I, I always kind of I thought he was the bad guy and supporting Grindelwald. And that made me think, yeah, he's part, he's like a Grindelwald Death Eater. So would you automatically think that someone with the Deathly Hollows logo is evil? Not in the Harry Potter universe. In this one, I would. Because, um, you know, in, in the, in, I said Harry Potter universe, that's not accurate. But in Harry Potter's timeline. Because in, Victor Crumb says to him at the, um, bill and fleur's wedding he sees uh luna's father wearing the symbol right and he's like that's grindelwald's symbol um. and so that to me was why i was thinking that it was a follower because okay. he had that symbol and i thought that that was like their dark mark you know right and i was expecting him i i didn't think they were going to reveal grindelwald this early in the franchise that well, they was mentioned one of the it they mentioned his name in the trailer so i was expecting like I said, the cameo. I was expecting a I cameo. I was not at the expecting end. it to be yeah. a major plot so, point. So the the major plot point we're talking in circles around is Colin First's character, which I'm t completely blanking on his character name right now. It is Percival Graves. Yeah. So also Grindelwald. Graves. Yeah, is Grindelwald. He's revealed at the very end to be Grindelwald, which I loved that twist. Like I thought it was amazing, but I did not see it coming. I did, and but it didn't ruin it for me. Yeah. Like, I was still excited all the same. And they also still put a further twist on it. It was a different actor. Yeah. It's fucking Johnny Depp. I'm, I'm not on board with I'm that. I'm hesitant about I, that. I forgot about that, actually. I didn't write that down. Um, but I did want to talk about that. Like, when I saw it, I was just like, oh, hell no. I'm going to go ape shit on this podcast talking <laughs> about it. Um, and this is just me. Rodney says I'm naive, but he's a wife beater why haven't we condemned him yet like i'm sorry but because, isn't he a bad guy now i mean because he's sexy yeah and he because pirates it's like because he makes my nether region feel things no i'm just joking not really because <laughs> like, he's kind of like i'm not just being like oh i never liked him but i, I, I never thought he was attractive and so that never didn't override my disdain for his wife beating i think one he's done so many characters people love that mm -hmm. it's hard to like to connect that to oh yeah he totally like beat his wife 
but that also monster. we don't see that monster yeah. when we see his characters because he's a damn good actor i think we're very forgiving of stuff like that in hollywood actors i mean you have that's what rodney said rodney started bringing up stuff like marky oh, yeah. mark and um he was saying one um i mean rob lowe he yeah, was rob charged lowe. with like sex with a minor and um there was and i didn't even know that like i grew I didn't up know that after until all the hubbub yeah. I guess. i didn't know that until his the roast of him on comedy central oh and shit. there was um I, i'm polanski i think is his name who he's a director who can't come back to the united states because he's wanted in the united states for molesting a child right and there's you know but we I mean, watch his movies yeah yeah brad and pitt was just investigated by he was found not guilty i heard on the radio yeah found not guilty but something happened something um. happened because angelina jolie divorced oh, Ale- him because alec of baldwin that alec baldwin his daughter out. mel mel gibson seems to be one of the few who actually saw a disturbance in his career because of his um his horribleness <laughs> it's just overall overall just general terrible also he's gotten fat and old now so yeah. he's not sexy yeah you don't want to see him ripping off his anyway so back to fantastic beasts and where to find them so <laughs> it's johnny depp johnny depp is gonna be grindelwald moving forward which I i'm think... pissed that it's not gonna be colin farrell yeah i'm not a huge colin farrell fan i just don't i can't i don't know why i think I he's just, a good actor i think he's a good actor but i just i'm just kind of indifferent towards him um i think johnny depp will do a good job if he doesn't carry it too far i right. think johnny Which depp he sometimes does easily yeah he overacts and he oversells stuff and honestly i kind of wish they got someone else besides johnny depp i agree i i think it definitely pulled me out of the moment i think so i i would agree with that because it's like that's and maybe it's just because he hasn't had time to really get in the character. But when I see that, I'm like, that's Johnny Depp. Right. That's exactly what I did, too. Like, if they had kept it as Colin Farrell, but just made him blonde with the blonde beard, I would have been super fucking happy. Like, I think like, they oh, needed. Snap, it's him. You know? Yeah. I think they needed that. A different actor a different doing face. that. I, I'm kind of surprised that Grindelwald, that he wasn't chosen for Grindelwald. Right. Like, that, you know. Yeah, that Colin and Farrell. And one thing that particularly kind of struck me about that is they were very particular in the first series about getting british actors to play the parts and right. now i'm not entirely sure grindelwald's origin Nash, yeah. it's european i thought it was european, but yeah. um i don't know if it's british i don't it might not be british but i just johnny depp just doesn't because he's american yeah i think maybe that's some of it um and so i think maybe they'll make him american in this storyline yeah so i i just i'm willing to give him a chance i think some of it is you got just such a brief glimpse of johnny depp as grindelwald yeah that but so we're harping on this one point <laughs> that's really my only negative for the movie right is yeah and i had forgotten about it like and it it's really just override my total issue. opinion the plot issue of that point that plot is fantastic oh my god it, it was it's so just good. a casting issue well yeah we haven't noticed anything um so how do you think this movie compares to the harry potter i think it's definitely better than one and two um the movies yeah oh yeah i i because and i think some of those you know they they came out so long ago but also i just think one and two are weaker they are yes they they don't have the dynamics yeah that four through 7.5 have yeah i adore i adore one 
because that's the one that got it started. Right. Like I love it. I will always it's go nostalgic. Back to it. Yeah, and particularly when he's discovering the the magical world, I think that book really shines with that. Right. But in terms of advancing the overall plot of the story, like it's it was a kids book. It was meant for kids. It it accomplished that. It it hooked me as a kid into oh, hooked reading me it. Me as a kid. Yeah, but going back and reading it, it doesn't have the same complexity of themes as the later books do. But and that's one thing that I think this movie captures very well is that complex dynamic between you have funny parts and then you have some really dark parts in this movie and i think that's part of what made it feel familiar is that they they give the harry potter audience and the harry potter fans credit to be able to process all of this in right. the span of so they two hours it really was geared towards us yeah like the kids that started with harry potter and grew up with harry potter this is not for 11 year olds that are just now getting into harry potter like this is yeah. definitely a movie for young adults yeah or adults can watch yeah. too i'm not yeah. discriminating why, why you guys say young like what's <laughs> okay grandma you can yeah. watch it i'm gonna knit myself a sweater and go back and watch it because the theater <laughs> was a little bit chilly <laughs> so um so it definitely it holds up when you yeah. compare it to the other harry potter movies yeah. and it really puts itself in like the top couple movies i wouldn't say well, it's the best i would not say it's the best because this is also just the first movie in this series they're planning on making additional movies yeah. i mean i wouldn't I don't know if I would say it's the best, but it's definitely up there. It's up there. I mean, I, I mean, would put it in top four. I'd say top four out of the eight I'd put movies. Top three. I'd go top three. I have to really break it down and take notes and stuff to do it. We'll, we'll come back with a, a, a detailed list. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll have a posting. compare contrast. We'll, we'll have podcast. a 50 point scale for each movie. <laughs> um but you know we i would think too. <laughs> we would do that <laughs> not even recorded on the podcast just yeah. for our own personal wait, wait, are you telling me you don't have one already <laughs> exactly. like i've had that for years get with the program melissa <laughs> right so i'm i honestly think that this series could be better than the harry potter series it could it could and i think i'm interested to see where it goes i'm interested to see if it takes a more worldly approach mm -hmm. to the magical universe um which i think it might because this summer on pottermore they released a lot more information about other wizarding schools and one of them was in america there was one in japan there was one in africa and i think there was one in australia I don't know. I don't know. So. I have no I idea. think it was in South America. Oh, okay. So you've got a lot of different Sorry, wizarding Australia. cultures. Um, and so honestly, what I kind of think they're going to do is they're going to go like one movie in each, because there were four different schools released and they said there's more and they'll come later, but I'm kind of expecting one in each and then one back in Britain. In the, you think the, so? I think so. Do those think, numbers line up too nicely? Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's kind of like we got a lot of that information when the, we started to get information about Fantastic Beast and just the way they closed it. I mean, they tied up pretty much all the ends. I mean, it's the not. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, the Beast and the, the characters. I mean, at the very end of the movie, he gets back on a boat and he goes away well, and he, he's. He said he would come back and visit. He, he did. Talking about Newt. Scamander, the yeah. main character, yeah. played so, by Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. Mm. I, did you 
Did you just drool a little bit? What was that? I I like it. He's kind of he's a little bit goofy looking sometimes, but it's endearing. It is, and yeah. there's sometimes it's like he's one charming. angle he's goofy, and then another angle he's like a hot goofy, and then but he's just his acting. He's just so like you said charming. I mean, there was one scene in the movie where he's doing a mating dance for <laughs> one of his animals. I'm gonna quote Mara here. <laughs> Give that man an no, Oscar. So what I said is, I actually leaned into Melissa, and I leaned over and said, that man has an Oscar. Right. Because he he won an Oscar for portraying Stephen Hawking, and then he's out there being like, Mah, Mah. Oh my God. It and was like, amazing. It was so great. It was... I, I was dying. Like, I'm laughing inside thinking about it. It may and have gone on a smidge too long, but mm, I, oh my God, I was still I think dying. it was. I needed that smidge to catch my breath, to yeah. hear the next line. Yeah. And I mean, it, and it's like the funny parts were belly really, laugh. Yeah, yeah. Belly like laughing I, funny. I laughed out loud at that movie. Oh, yeah. And most times when I, I can find a movie humorous and maybe the most they'll get me is like, mm. <laughs> like you may inhale yeah. sharply like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I, I will. Yeah. Sniff. <laughs> but with this, I was laughing out loud and I was laughing out loud loudly. Like right. the whole audience was. Yeah. All 10 of us. Yeah. And <laughs> Um, the, the ten Harry Potter fans that don't have jobs that affect them going to being out at midnight. <laughs> Hashtag worth it. <laughs> oh, totally. I do it all over again. Like, but you know, there were there were so many great parts. The Niffler. Oh my god, it like, was so good, and it was I, solid through the whole movie. Yeah, like it. I didn't get tired of it. I want a Niffler now. Like, I want that to They're be real. Adorable. Yes. So cute. Not only will it make me rich, but it'll be adorable. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think, you know, going back to the kind of more complex side of it, there were a lot of themes laid down. Like, there was, like, mistrust in government. There was... Yeah, they had a lot of social commentary, and I feel like it was directed specifically at Americans. Yeah. I like, feel like talking it was... about, like, the Second Salem... Was that what they're called? Second Salem? or Yeah, like second salem crusaders or something like salem. that yeah like it was definitely second salem something definitely like a an attack on our colonial mm -hmm. um s history i really liked that that they they took historical is very strong and it was even yeah. like modern like at the end when everyone attacked credence like whenever the 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 wizard yeah police or whatever whenever they they destroyed i guess credence yeah that could definitely be tied to modern american police pulling the trigger too soon because they're like definitely. no he could have been helped like we could have saved him and they're yeah. like oh well we shot first and then asked questions yeah. so we, whatever. And this was what we had to do right well and even one thing they had um there's this big kind of clock in the center of their ministry you know uh -huh. their congress since yeah. this is in it america was like the red alert yeah it was it was a wizarding terror scale yeah it same down to the color-coded and everything and i thought that was interesting you know that this you know and i, it I definitely really, felt like bush era america yeah and i really liked the fact that they that they changed the culture that it wasn't uniform from britain to america like right. i really it was i definitely focused on american culture i expected to hate no match like they changed yeah. it from muggles in britain to no match of course i'm partial to muggles like i like right, muggles i would prefer up. it but i was like when i first heard i was like no i don't like that i don't like it being called no match 
I like it. Like, Today, like as I went about my day, I use nomad in my head. Like yeah. that's the terminology for me now. Yeah. No, I'm probably still going to think muggle, but if I talk about the Harry Potter world, like I'll, I'll refer to them as muggles. But if I'm talking yeah. about like this movie well, and yeah. talking this about this movie specific, like the Jacob Kowalski, the 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 non match that yeah. was a major part well, of the movie, yeah. like he's a non match to me. Like I was talking about real life, like thinking about muggles, and do you not think about? Yeah, you're a no match. No. It's muggle. Like, it will always I, be muggle. I don't know. I think my brain's already flipped a switch. It's like, be American, Mara. Be a nomad. No, I don't want to. I, I like London and England, and I want to go back. Anyway, so that was just like, it made it so much more complex, and it really yeah. made you think for hours after the movie, like, oh, fuck. Well, yeah, and that's Americans. And we also beat our kids, by the way, in yeah. case you there, people that don't live in America there's know. There's definitely some child abuse in this movie. And there's also um, one scene where the government like is just straight up going to execute two of the main characters because they almost exposed the world and that uh, that was one of the first bring him to texas (laughs) put him in the chair (laughs) um that was one of the first instances in the movie where i kind of thought oh shit this is getting really dark yeah like fast yeah, like I mean, there were there were stuff leading up to. That. I was like, oh, that's kind of a bit darker than yeah, I the expected. senator. Yeah, the senator and that the, the creepy very, kids. Like we all looked at each other. Like yeah. with the senator, we're like, oh. So the senator shit. is he's giving a speech, and he had insulted these children of the corn esque characters, and he's attacked this this the whole room's like destroyed, and he's killed, and he's like dead on the ground like and that was one of the things where i was like oh wow like they they went there and then you know you had the co- magical congress almost executed two people and just because right. like that's the rules like you, you broke the rule you died yeah and the and it was very drawn out yeah very dramatic and it was, very scary it was it was and there there were other times too where it's just heartbreaking i mean he yeah. you know he, they they put they take away his case full of full of creatures and they're pulling him away and he's begging like don't hurt them they didn't do it they're not dangerous don't Don't hurt hurt them them. and eddie redmayne did such a good i was like oh god don't hurt them i know i care about them i need to jump in the movie and save them don't hit don't hurt them and i will kick some ass if that niffler is injured (laughs) right definitely (laughs) and and then when he you know at one point he's using his pet bow truckle to <gasps> to barter for information and the oh. bow truckle like doesn't want to let him go like, and it's like to yeah and you're just like oh god all the feels yeah all the feels yeah and so i mean and then like the next scene like you're laughing your ass off yeah. like they do a really good job of picking you back up yeah after they depress the shit out of you depress the shit out of you <laughs> for real um so uh, social commentary um something else i wanted to talk about that i don't know maybe it's just me i'm a little bit of a feminist in case you guys didn't know i was really happy that the main character uh Por- porpentina am i saying that right i'm not sure yeah they, she, they she didn't got say referred much. to as teeny yeah and they called her by her last name goldstein a lot yeah um she was not over sexualized the whole movie yeah she was 
like an action fighting like figure. She was in the thick of it, and she wasn't wearing sexy boot heels with a super tight well, she dress. She wasn't even super she was, made up. She didn't even have a lot of makeup the on. The first scene it you see really, her, in, she's got mustard on her face. Exactly, and they even said something about it. And yeah, they kept it on her face. Like yeah. I was really impressed by that, and I was really excited that she wasn't hypersexualized. Yeah. I understand it was set in the twenties, so it was. A more modest time, technically. But even a lot of times when you see stuff set in the 20s, it's, it's very sexualized. Chicago, yeah. yeah. Super short skirts, super yeah. low-cut Flapper dress, um, corset tops. Yeah. So there was the one scene where they were in the speakeasy where they, um, they were dressed slightly more provocatively. Baby, we talked a lot before we started. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like comfy. Yeah, I'm good. Melissa, your husband escaped from his hog day. <laughs> <laughs> he had a what's the little green thingy called? Bow truckle. Yeah, he had a bow truckle. Mm. I'll get him out. Bow um, anyway. saving the day. Oh, so they were at the speakeasy and they were dressed slightly provocatively, but that yeah. was like a f- five minute, maybe two minute scene. Yeah, in the whole movie, and I, I was I was really impressed. Like, yeah, it honestly teeny like i identify with that teeny. like when i go to work like i'm not dressed up like right i don't yeah. wear makeup to work yeah. most days but then sometimes when i want to go out night yeah i'm gonna get dolled up like mm-hmm. i like wearing makeup sometimes i like wearing the heels that are gonna hurt my feet right. i like wearing that stuff you know and so i thought that was very a very real character attribute right and the harry potter series did a good job about not hypersexualizing the heroines but also felt like it needed more heroines well yeah so and they having also- her equal to the 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 man as the the protagonist but not being hypersexualized that's pretty rare yeah in, in modern cinema and i was just thrilled i was thrilled to see it yeah well and even um with going back to the harry potter you know world and the harry potter timeline is hermione i mean she's supposed to have bushy hair and buck teeth and right you know and there we, are actually a lot of people that think that she was supposed to be black buck teeth bushy hair big like dark hair yeah and so and then like she was this pale white girl she wasn't taken seriously until she got some relaxer put in her hair yeah like she discovered what leave-in conditioner was (laughs) and she had some pretty curls and they're like oh wow yeah we all like hermione now she's relatable and and fun i've always loved hermione i want to make a sign like what would hermione granger do and like hang it up kick ass that's what she do yeah 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 so i think we're good i think we've covered everything i I think so i mean i just i just am still blown away by this movie i know like i want to see it again over and over that and dr strange they both came out and were just fucking phenomenal yeah so if you guys haven't seen it yet well you know we spoiled it for you so our bad why are you still listening to this you should be watching fantastic beast <laughs> right now so um but thanks for sticking with us and thanks for coming out for ladies night on the nerds on the left podcast um check us out on facebook nerds on the left we've got the instagram and we've got twitter yeah we've got twitter instagram and facebook all nerds, nerds on, on the, the left, left. Um, yeah, and leave Comment, us some comments. Let if, us know what you thought about it. If we got something wrong, let us know. Yeah, if for you sure. Got... This isn't Fox News. Like, we will yeah. take criticism and yeah. we will let you guys, we'll admit if we got something wrong. Yeah. If you guys got questions, like, go ahead and 
ask them. And also, like, if you like this, if you think we should overthrow the husbands more often, right? Yeah, let us know. Permanently get rid of them and start. Yeah, um, we should probably go check on your husband, Melissa. He's been tied up in the closet. No, he doesn't have a place in the matriarchy that we're (laughs) about to form. (laughs) Death to the patriarchy. Viva la vagina. (laughs) Viva la vagina. (laughs) So thank you guys for coming out. We're gonna go night night. Get her twelve hours of sleep. So thanks for coming out. Fantastic Beast. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna watch it again right now. Uh, So keep it nerdy, guys. And I think I can make like a cute outfit, but it's totally gonna look like totally Ravenclaw. Not necessarily that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I'm fucking Ravenclaw. I like fuck off. No, I don't. I have. I love Ravenclaw. Like I have no problem against Ravenclaw. Uh-huh. I don't feel like I belong. <laughs> you sound to like one. a racist right now. <laughs> like, like I have no problems with black people. I, have, I love the black. I have Ravenclaw friends. Like, <laughs> I have at least a Ravenclaw friend. I have a Ravenclaw. <laughs> like, <laughs> where's my Ravenclaw? At? Yeah, where's he at? There's my Ravenclaw. He's over there. That's There's my Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. <laughs> the podcast you just heard is part of the B and E Network. Brought to you by bmovies and ebooks.com. Mm-hmm.